Carmelo, you wanted to meet me here? What did you want? Commissioner Bill Peterson. You know what I want. It'll cost you, Mello. This isn't the NBA. You don't have clout here. It's just the play of the week, Bill. I, I want it. No, no, the people of Puerto Rico want it. It's a shit goal, Mello. Good story with the local kid, but a shit goal. Did you see that in Jack double save? Who cares about goalies? Even his own players argued with him after the game. Give Pito play of the week. Give Puerto Rico the play of the week. All right, Mello. We can make it happen. For a price. How much, Bill? How much? I know you spent a lot on the squad already, Mello. I don't know if you have the liquid assets needed. Bill, I can... I can get an advance from my salary on the next. Just how much? All right, Mello. It's five bucks. Hard cash only. No checks, damn it. The strikers tried to give me one of those and it bounced. Coming to you from the Twin Cities, this is Toughcast. And welcome to Toughcast by two United fans. This is Notch. And this is Kyle. And as a present for you, it's episode 62. But you're a different Kyle. I am, yes, than Kyle. Schlins. Yes. yes. You are Kyle? Eliason. Ah, and where, 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 what, what, why are you sitting over there? Uh, you asked me to come sit over here. That's right. Oh, wow. I forgot. I entirely forgot. Yep. Jeff is on a, a temporary break for a couple of weeks. And Kyle graciously agreed to come and uh, be my temporary co-host. Uh, we are, you're getting paid in uh, NASL bucks, which are better than Garber bucks. Uh, we recently switched podcast alliances from the MLS to NASL and I've been getting paid. Apparently, we can acquire a, a, a franchise down in Fort Lauderdale for NASL bucks. <laughs> Uh, yeah, or, or any franchise we want, because NASL bucks, uh, nobody's telling you how to spend them. Right. Yeah. Kyle, do you want to tell people just a little bit about who you are, like what you write for? and Sh- Sure, yeah. Very briefly. Uh, I like Jeff. I write at 55.1. Um, I cover Minneapolis City, uh, the semi-pro team in Minneapolis, but I also uh, write match previews from time to time about United and am a United season ticket holder. And you're very proud that you don't stand with the dark clouds. I, yeah, I'm opulence all the way. Um, yeah. Our watch parties are invite only. Don't don't really don't ask for one. Yeah. If you were supposed to get one, you would have gotten it already. There you go. Yeah. It's like the essentially the Bilderberg Consortium, but uh, Minnesota United. I like to think of us as the trilateral commission, but close okay. enough. Let's talk about soccer and get back to that, Kyle. And let's actually talk about very quickly about how you feel about the Euros coming up on Sunday. Uh, the final. Yeah, ethnically, I'm I've got a bit of French and a bit of Welsh, so I was disappointed that. They're not meeting, but uh, I, I don't see I don't see Portugal winning. That's like classic classic stuff that people say right before the team that they said couldn't win wins. And Cristiano Ronaldo appears in more underwear adverts. Well, he's gonna. I think he'll appear in under underwear adverts either way. Whew. Okay, thank God. Yeah. I thought I was gonna miss out. Yeah. You think he just took like one set of photos when he was like uh, twenty two or whatever, and they just keep using the same ones? That's smart. Because yeah. there's like this this uh, Armani uh, cologne uh, commercial or ad that's in the GQs that I read, and it's the same guy for the last like eight years, and it's like the same picture, and he's in this like idyllic location with this one girl wearing the same bikini, and they just using reusing the same shots for like ten years. It's cost effective. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Ronaldo just looked at himself in the mirror in his white briefs at age 22. and was like, I'm never going to be this young. Click, 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 click. Yeah. yeah, and you know, you recover after a hard night of drinking and he probably looked good for the shoot. So Right, there you go. I mean, I have photographs like that from age 22. My white briefs, so don't you? Yes. 
<laughs> I, uh, I I agree with you. Actually, I think France is gonna gonna win the day. But uh, who knows? Who knows? Uh, Carolina, by the way, uh, are gonna play uh, West Ham United on uh, July. I believe it's twelfth this coming Wednesday. They're gonna play West Ham United in a friendly uh, at uh, Wakemead. And apparently, there are only one thousand tickets still available. And their jerseys that the Railhawks wear are gonna be auctioned off for um, a benefit for the local Ronald McDonald House, which I thought was pretty cool. It's a really great charity, so that is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, in other news, when I was looking up NASL news for this week, I found that FC Edmonton essentially has Clippy on their website. And Minions. Right. So when you load up the page, everything goes dark, and then a picture of a Minion comes up, which says, like, oh, after the game, stick around for a movie, hot dogs and pop for your kids, and which is, I mean, okay, but there's I hate Minions. And then there's a little box that shows up at the bottom right being like, hello, can what are you looking for? Can we help you? <laughs> it's like, what? That's the Canadian version of the Microsoft Office paperclip. Right. Yeah. It's 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 basically like, what the heck is... Why why do I need a live chat on the FC Edmonton website? Like, come on. <laughs> but maybe they just have so few people going on their website that everybody gets personalized service. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get four interns and some laptops and you're set. Exactly right. <laughs> um, why don't you talk about Fort Lauderdale and Jeff Reuter's uh, expose that broke today? Sure. Uh, on 55.1, Jeff Reuter, Jeff Reuter had a post up about how checks have been bouncing. Uh, strikers' checks have been bouncing. Some of the players haven't gotten paid. Apparently, there was a, a delay of a couple days twice and then a delay of four days. And players were told, uh, don't cash checks until this date. Some of them that did, the checks bounced. And then the team came out with a statement saying that it was related to wire transfers from accounts in brazil as the the ownership is brazilian uh interesting uh not the end of the world but slightly concerning yeah i having you know had to live a life where sometimes money had to be transferred across country lines it is hard to do so i understand that explanation it's still thoroughly unprofessional of an organization to have this problem i just hope it's a wake-up call and they don't have this problem ever again because this is something that you can do for a little while while people will give you slack but if it keeps happening it's not going to be good lucas luis Cucacci, the um uh, managing director of the fort lauderdale strikers went on twitter and said uh this is not a systemic problem it's been fixed it's all fine now i hope so i hope so because it's not good uh going forward uh, moving along, uh, two buildings in Indianapolis, the One America Tower and the Indianapolis Power and Lighting Company building, will be lit up for the Indy Colors in honor of their 2014 Spring Championship win, which is being, the trophy is being presented to them on Saturday, uh, because it's Indy's first home game um, of the fall season. So Commissioner Bill Peterson will be there, and we'll get to, so hopefully the Dark Clouds, I'll be there too. With the dark clouds, I'll hopefully get to ruin that party just a little bit by winning the game. I'm happy for the for the indie fans. They have really really good fans, and it is a just a sort of a ten season ten game sprint for the spring mm-hmm. season. But uh, thrilling the way they want it, and it'll be good to see them in the semis. Yep, uh, Indy's also doing a school supply drive with an organization called Backpack Attack during that Minneapolis FC uh, <laughs> Minneapolis FC. Minnesota United FC game, which is uh, pretty cool. Uh, I, I always like it when um, teams are involved with local charities. And what I was thinking is, you know, the teams that have the best attendance sometimes, I see them working the most with local charities and kind of being involved in the community. I, th- I think it, it's both giving back to the community, but also getting your name out there and getting those people interested in the game, which is pretty cool. I like that. Agreed. 
Uh, the Armada have, if you're if you're starved for music during your day, they have a 21 minute uh, match day mix that they released from their official game day DJ. <laughs> and and there's a picture of this guy like you know like on turntables like looking really cool like you expect from those European DJs. Except when I started playing it, it's basically this like old timey country song. I can just see this guy like going like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I lost my truck and my dog. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jacksonville Armada. I wanted to put up uh, just a quick article on 55.1 called Florida Man Creates Jock Jams, but I didn't quite have (laughs) enough content to flush out the body. Uh, I don't think this 21-minute mix did either. Uh, Ottawa will move their kickoff time two hours forward to noon so that fans can go to local restaurants to watch the Euro 2016 final. This is really cool because the ticket to the game actually gives you like something like 15% off at like four local restaurants, which I thought was a great way to ingrate for the team to ingratiate itself with local businesses. So I, I thought that was really nice. And as a player of the week is Christian Ramirez. As we mentioned in the sketch, the play of the week is uh, Pito Ramos's goal, which... There were at least like four other plays in that video that were better than his goal. Yeah, it's clearly the NHL trying to bring some publicity to their newest franchise that just played its first competitive match. Right. But when you watch that goal, he he takes a touch on a cross and he he did very well to reach it, gets it with just the tip of his toe. But I have no idea if he was trying to place a shot on goal. I, I highly doubt he was trying to you know bounce the ball off the ground around the keeper so he could run on and poke it into the net then yeah so it it was nice piece of athleticism heads up play great effort but it doesn't you know i would have it's going to sound horribly biased coming from a united season ticket holder but ramirez's half volley from 25 yards was better uh edmonton's 93 yeah that was a a laser that ricocheted off the underside of the crossbar in the 93rd minute and snatched a point for the Eddies. And and Jock's double save was fabulous. So tons of stuff that I think we could have um, done with more than that one. But that's that's the way the cookie crumbles. That's what the fat lady sang. You know, I don't know. I'm running out of metaphors here. Uh, The team of the week this week was kind of interesting. Is this the NASL official team of the week, a.k.a. who kept a clean sheet and who scored? (laughs) Pretty much. Sean Sean Lewis, the goalkeeper, didn't. Uh, Jackson, which I thought was really funny that Armada started a different keeper. Finally, they benched Gallardo, and he gets in the team of the week for a ridiculous save. Uh, I'll just read out the names really quick. Darnell King from the Rowdies, uh, Gale Agbasamunde from the Strikers, the boss, uh, Nemanja Vidic from uh, Indy 11, Nemanja Vukovic. Uh, the three of them were the defenders. The midfielders are Ariel Martinez from Miami, Adam Moffat from the Cosmos, uh, Derek Boateng, who apparently came back from playing the Euro 2016 semifinal to play for IOKC, and then Gustavo, who was with FC Edmonton. Um, forwards were Ramirez, Ramos, and Lucky McSana, the three guys who scored. So, Well, uh, I think it's a, a give more leeway if you're talking about forwards. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, scoring does help when you're a forward. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, let's move on to this past weekend's matches very quickly. The first game was Fort Lauderdale versus Miami, the FL Classico that I talked about in the last episode. Uh, Pretty funny. And uh, it was played in front of a riveting crowd of 1,400 people who... This is clearly an an instant Classico? Right, right. It's it's very much will go down. Those 1,400 people, though, will tell their grandchildren about this game. Uh, The the day they saw the 1-1 draw... 
where one of the goals was a penalty. Both Holy teams crap, were man. so amazing there could be no victor. Right, exactly. It was just... If there were more people in that game, like people lost their eyesight because of how awesome the sight was to watch this game. So there were more. It's good that there weren't more people. But in all seriousness, this has to stop. They can't have fifteen hundred people a game, man. Even if it's turnstile numbers, man, they need something more. It's tricky. You don't want to devalue your product by constantly giving away tickets, but some sort of balance needs to be struck. At this point, if you give away 2,000 more free tickets, at least those 2,000 people might come to the next, like, half of them might come to the next game and pay money or something. They need something here. Um, And, I mean, we talked about their financial kind of stuff. I don't know if that has to do with actual liquid assets, but if they had more turnstiles, maybe they don't have to depend on transfers from Brazil as much. That would make sense. It would seem odd that they would take in money from the gate, send it to Brazil, and then send it back to the States to pay their players. Right, so let's. Here's to hoping their marketing department gets their uh, act together, and it isn't a Florida's other, uh, what is it, official team campaign? For foot, Florida's. You remember last year their owner, the former owner, pushed a marketing campaign where it was like Fort Lauderdale Strikers, Florida's other official team. What was Florida Florida's first official team? <laughs> you know the the like team in the Premier League that everybody follows. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, this game, Sivatinich scored a penalty after um, Ariel Martinez was brought down by, who else? Julius James. Uh, both Poku and Farfan played in this game. You know, Poku, the high-profile high transfer. Gabriel Farfan, we'll talk about in just a second. But he's also another one of those. And for Lauderdale coach Keo Zanardi said that the team was tired after Wednesday's U.S. Open Cup win against Orlando City. Which they, is, uh, they used mm, the same lineup, didn't they? Which is really weird, man. Yeah. Like, nobody rested, which, I mean, what are you going to do, I guess? Um, They did lose two guys in in team-related news. They did lose Matthias Carvalho. This is the guy who played for, like, Monaco and stuff and who had a $10 million release clause. (laughs) So, (laughs) Do you think it was Matt? (laughs) And the official release said that it was due to injuries and lack of match fitness that he played only two two starts in eight games. And uh, apparently, according to Pedro Hezer, who's a... Soccer journalist Adrian Nino, one of their other flagship signings from Brazil, is also looking for a way out. Um, by the way, I didn't mention that Halik Agbasamunde scored Fort Lauderdale's goal in this game. So Assisted by Gabriel. Yep. Uh, there's a trade between Fort Lauderdale and Ottawa. Uh, Paulo Jr. came from Ottawa to Fort Lauderdale. He played for the Strikers in 2012 and 2013 again. He's 27 years old, 29 starts and 37 appearances. Five goals, five assists. I think he's a pretty decent player, man. I think Fort Lauderdale got the better end of the stick here. Yeah. Uh, going back the other way, Gentile. Am I butchering that? Gentile? No, it's, I think it's Juicy Juicy. Giuseppe Gentile. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just messing with you. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen much from him. He's one of those guys, when he, when he does get minutes, you hear him mention in the broadcast and you say, oh, shoot, he's been on the field for the past 30? Yeah. It's, it's exact. I mean... He won the soccer ball with the Scorpions in 2014. He went to Chiasso in, in Switzerland, which looked like, you know, well, his career's taken off. Comes straight back in 2015 uh, to finish the season with the, with the Scorpions. And now he's been shipped off halfway through the season from strikers we signed for. So, I don't know. It's a little, a little strange. Uh, Miami FC, by the way, signed Gabriel Farfan from Chiapas. He's a 28-year-old defender. from He had, was in the Club America youth system. I believe born in America. And... Um, 
played with the Philadelphia Union in MLS, played with Chivas USA, and this year he was on loan from Chiapas to Cosmos, the Cosmos, where he played four games and scored one goal. Okay, uh, yeah. I think he was really good depth for the Cosmos. He's he's a player that can play a few different positions. Mm-hmm. It's interesting the Cosmos keep losing these players on loans. Uh, just the terms of the loans, I guess they're revocable loans. They have... They have callback clauses and and they're getting optioned. Um, I'm pretty sure their like loan agreements just has a clause that says we're the Cosmos. Come on, and but, they expect like other teams to be like, oh, of course, <laughs> Pele played for you. <laughs> but even the term, like, uh, yeah, you guys can have him for a bit, right? Yeah, no, I agree. It's exactly they didn't basically. They thought that they were paying more than everybody else. Is my bad. And they didn't expect anyone else to play them. And they are getting a little bit played. So, there you go. Um, I will say, though, I'm glad Farfan is sticking around in MS- NASL. Because uh, it's whenever I hear his name, all I hear is Gabriel Funfun. And so, it's like, that's what I'm going to call him from now on. Because Cla- Nico Clowncar is gone. I need a new nickname. So, Funfun is going to be my new nickname. You would hope he would bring excitement and entertainment to the league. Right, and he need Miami needs you know more attendance too. So yeah. there you go. Uh, New York Cosmos did play Ottawa Fury uh, in front of three thousand five hundred people. Uh, you know, riveting record New York attendance. I'm sure, um, probably, which is again disappointing. But two um, one result for the Cosmos. Goals from Adam Moffat and Lucky Kasana. Um, I believe Ron, Lance Roseboom scored Ottawa's goal, but apparently I forgot to take it down. It was like in the last minute or so. Can I say? Yeah. Kasana's goal was the opposite of the goal of the week, where he actually <laughs> did take a really intelligent touch to uh-huh. go around the keeper and then finish it. Nice. Yeah. And he'd been he'd been brought into the lineup again after spending some time out at the starting eleven. Whoever New York strikers, they're always looking for goals. I generally see good movement from them, and they look dangerous. But the end product just isn't there. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully, uh, for my friends at the cosmos country podcast nick and lou mm-hmm. if you're listening that uh kasana does get on a roll and start scoring for those guys totally not 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 for uh, hopefully he doesn't hopefully minnesota <laughs> climbs to the top of the table say, man and well, the cosmos do terrible but yeah uh also by the way uh Romar Bezer, ottawa's goalie got sent off for uh st- with a straight red four minutes into the game and then later in the 88th minute eddie edward was injured after all their uh, substitutions have been used, so the Fury finished this game with nine men. This was Pazer's red card was a really bizarre red card. It's it's one I don't see called very often. He wasn't called for taking down the last man. He was red carded for going in with two feet stud showing, and he got the ball before making contact with the Cosmos player. It's just bizarre to see a goalkeeper do that. Mm-hmm. They're allowed to use their hands. It's in the box. He could have slid hands first you know, knocked the ball away, gotten the ball, blocked the ball, it would have been no problem. So you just you just never see that dangerous challenge red card yeah. issued to a goalkeeper in the box. It is pretty funny. Uh, I think he, when he was walking off the pitch, he's like, man, I could have done so much more if I was going to get sent off. I could have punched a guy, like, you know, like, what was it? Um, who was our goalkeeper, backup goalkeeper last year? Hildebrand. Yeah. When against Kansas City, he, like, punched a guy in the head when he was going out for a, a ball. And so Pezer probably was hoping he could have done something more for that red. Uh, we'd already talked about Juicy Juicy coming from the Strikers to Ottawa. I'll just say one quick thing, which is that the one goal he scored for the Strikers this year came against Ottawa at TD Place. So there you go. Hey, let's take a quick break right here, and we'll, we'll come back with the rest of the game and some predictions.
and welcome back to Toughcast. This is Natch. This is Kyle. And we're going to talk now about Puerto Rico FC versus Indy 11, which ended 1-1 in front of 6,400 people. Respectable audience for Puerto Rico's first game. Definitely. Yeah, hopefully they can keep it up. One goal from Hector Pito Ramos, local kid. Second goal came from Indy's new signing, Sulemanie Yola, in 92nd minute, which Indy scoring late goals, what? It just happened all season. Uh, and he spoiled the big Puerto Rican party. Right, exactly. They were leading They were leading from the 74th on and then in added time. Exactly. Um, Nemanja Vukovic got that assist, by the way, which he's... I think he might have the award for one of the best signings in NESL this year. He scored some winners. He's got a lot of assists. He's just done really well. And he's a defender. It's pretty crazy. Um, by the way, very physical game. Justin Braun from Indy was sent off bloody to the sideline for treatment. Um, Oliver for Puerto Rico FC was injured, although without contact, in the 29th minute. So... Um, pretty, pretty, pretty physical game, I would say in general. Um, there's some news from these two teams. Number one, three guys from the 2015 Indy 11 roster still remain: Brad Ring, Don Smart, and Dylan Mares, which is I, I, more than I expected. I like Ring. I think he's he goes about his business well. He's he's a an underrated player. Totally. I think I think Don Smart and Dylan Mares are good backups, basically. Yeah, in my mind. Um, Puerto Rico FC signed a new guy, by the way, by the name of Sidney Rivera. Uh, which the statement is hilarious. They talked about how he grew up watching Scooby Doo, uh, which great, fantastic. I'm I'm really glad. Goings. What what's the, anyway? Yeah. Uh, and they spent like two minutes talking about the fact that he was uh, with his university career as a 22 year old last year. He was drafted by Orlando City SC. Played with Louisville City on loan for eight games and then had one game with the Pittsburgh Riverhounds in USL. He would have stuck with Orlando City if it weren't for you meddling kids. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Tampa Bay Rowdies versus Jacksonville Armada. The Jarmada, as you call them, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's like a Jar Armada because hopefully... Well, no, they wouldn't be pirates. They'd be hunting pirates. So I'm going to scrap that right now. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. Although we can call them that because they get annoyed if we associate them. With yeah, pirates. it will purposely mistake... Right. Yeah. Exactly. 1-1 uh, result in front of a record crowd of 7,690 people in Tampa Bay who had, of course, come to enjoy Flo Rida, uh, the concert after the game. I'm a little bit dense. It dawned on me when Tampa Bay was doing their promotions that if you run his name together, it is Florida. You had never figured that out before. <laughs> I At that point, I realized. <laughs> you, you need to get down with the kids and the hippity hops, man. And the hula hoops in the Pac-Man video games. Exactly. Uh, by the way, this the first goal in this game was scored in the 12th minute by Zach Steinberger. I talked about last game how he was awesome last year for Indy. And boom, he scores a goal. Unfortunately, that was the last thing Jackson would do terribly well in this game. Other than their goalkeeper, which we'll get to. And they conceded a minute later. Exactly. Georgie Ristoff scored. Um, Tampa dominated from that point forward. But uh, there was very little, um, very little Jackson could do. It was a heck of a reaction save, though. From Sean Lewis, yep. Yeah. Uh, he So so Gallardo was benched. Sean Lewis came into goal, and we saw that as... Uh, where it was in the play of the week. One of the nominees, yeah. Yeah, where, where Tampa Bay attacker goes in point blank. Sean Lewis makes a great save. Gets two hands up to the left. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, Tamika McIndavari, transfer allocation money himself, and Neil Collins both went off injured, so... Tampa Bay had to use two of their substitute in a tight game for defenders, which is pretty harsh. Yeah. And no Joe Cole. Attack. Yeah, no Joe Cole. Yeah. Which is, you know, all the Euro snobs who came to watch this game were like, damn it, I go to England every summer to learn the best chance and I couldn't use them in front of one of the lads. 
many of the lads given the attendance exactly exactly uh jacksonville signed a guy named jason plumhoff um who they traded for sean nicola who went to edmonton uh, Plumhoff is 24 years old. He's a midfielder. He joined the Eddies this year from Har- the Harrisburg Islanders. In six matches, he had one goal, which came against the Cosmos, though. So that's pretty good. Definitely, yeah. More everybody should score a lot of goals against Cosmos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I think so. I think that's a great idea. And he's a German American born in Bavaria who moved to um, Maryland at the age of 15. He's in the Bayern Munich Academy. Impressive pedigree. Mm-hmm. 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 Darwin Espinel from the Tampa Bay Rowdies joins Honduras' pre-Olympic training camp. Um, the Olympics, by the way, run July 7th to July 23rd, if you're wondering, like me. It's kind of cool to see an NASL player in the Olympics, I think. Yeah, it would be. Good luck to, to Honduras. Yeah, good luck to Darwin Espinel. Um, all right, this next game, you were there. I was there. In my nice opulent seats. How, how did it go? Were you happy? I was thrilled, yeah. There was a, a 5-1... A 5-1 win is a really good way to open the fall season. Yep. Minnesota United versus the Carolina Railhawks. Everyone's wondering, are the Car- Railhawks coming back? Are they going to be able to to bring it back to their form at the start of the spring season and get a few results? That turns out not so much. To go reference Minnesota coaching legend Bud Grant, who lost four Super Bowls. <laughs> that sounds like a Minnesota yeah. sporting legend. Uh, it's not who you play, it's when you play them. You know, we are Minnesota caught Tampa Bay. Early in the spring season and ended up losing during Tampa Bay's four-game winning streak. We caught them. Carolinas? Or Carolina, yeah. I don't yep. know why I said Tampa Bay. Carolina's four-game <laughs> winning streak to open the season. And Minnesota got to rematch the Railhawks. Uh, I believe they had not won a game in six matches and had only scored two goals during that period coming into the game. So that streak is now extended to winless in seven matches and having scored three in seven. Oh, my God. That's... So, what did you think? What was the difference maker for Minnesota here? Um, I think Carolina was just really toothless. Um, Matt Fondy, who was their only acquisition of the offseason, brought in to address that lack of goal scoring. He was out with a hamstring. Shipolani didn't play. There wasn't really much of a threat going forward, and Minnesota's a, a good attacking team. Mm-hmm. Um, J.C. Banks played really, really well uh, as the attacking midfielder. Uh, they tried him out in that spot, moving him in from the wing during the Lyon friendly, and he did very well. They gave him another shot. Um, mm-hmm. Finishing was excellent. Ramirez's opening goal, half volley from 25 yards out off the far post. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm glad to see Pino getting a goal and Calvano, which Calvano had an old person celebration. I It was clearly a response to somebody to say, Oh, I'm old. Well, I just scored a goal, but he did it in front of the Railhawks bench. I don't know if, you know, it was on that side of the field. So I don't know if one of his teammates said he was too old and he was doing that, or perhaps during the game a Railhawk accused him of being too old, and that's why he did it sort of over by their bench. I, I'd love to know. I, I, me too. And and speaking of um, guys coming back in the lineup, by the way, which Galvano hadn't been in the lineup recently. Um, and Damian Lowe was, uh, we think, injured. He was in his street clothes, and Calvano was in for him. Aaron Pitchcolin was back in the lineup today. Yeah. Or uh, on this day wearing the captain's armband. Can I work blue on this podcast? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Carl Craig said he wanted a big hairy-ass midfielder or something to that extent. And I guess that's <laughs> that's Aaron Pitchcolin. I haven't looked at his butt, so I couldn't tell you. Yeah, me neither. I think the last time when he was here when I interviewed him, though, his legs did look quite smooth. So I would say he's probably not a very hairy guy. But... Um, 
What can we say about Carolina in this game? Is there anything good we can say about them? Not really. I mean, the two goals both came off. The first two goals both came off of Railhawks defenders. Uh, Ramirez's half volley came from a, a very weak clearance that that didn't get any further than you know ten yards from the top of the box. And then the second goal, former Minnesota player Connor Tobin played Ramirez through on goal. It was one of those. <laughs> he was trying to pass the ball back to Big James Marsland. And it was one of those plays where you spot your teammate and you just glance down briefly to make sure you hit the ball cleanly and make the pass. And at the same time you glance down, your teammate glances up and makes a move somewhere else. So the, <laughs> the instant Tobin hit his pass, Marcelin had looked up and stepped forward. And that split second later, Ramirez is through on goal. And, and in his current form, he's not going to miss. Mm-mm. I think this was probably the happiest game that I've experienced in, since the 5-1 win to Indy last year. Or 2014. 5-1 wins are generally Yeah, it's just a carefree. Good time. Carefree, yeah. amazing, and happy. And um, after the game, uh, Christian Ramirez tweeted out his, his goal. He did. Uh, someone on Reddit had, had called his play underwhelming, and he, he posted a clip of his excellent half volley. I, I don't remember if underwhelming was in quotes or not. It was. Yeah. Yeah, so take that, Reddit. Uh, although, come on, Christian, man. Reddit, don't listen to Reddit, man. Nobody on Reddit knows anything that they're talking about. I quit Minnesota United's Reddit for a while. Especially not this one dude on Reddit. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> FC Edmonton versus Oklahoma City, uh, Rio OKC. Uh, ended 1-1. So this was like the week of 1-1 draws. Not the most exciting week in NASL. In front of 4,200 people, which, hey, I'll take that attendance for Rio. So that's that's not bad uh for for a new 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 expansion squad yeah and uh an excellent excellent equalizing goal by gustavo that we already mentioned colin miller described the match as a struggle and his own team as not at pace so uh to come away from a point with a just a wonderful individual effort i think you just kind of have to take it at the end of the day yeah, like in the dying minutes of the game too. That's I mean, like just like the Puerto Rico game. That's got to be crushing to see that happen. I'm surprised the Eddies were described as not at pace because uh, reports there was a very very bad performance of O Canada prior to the game, <laughs> and it did get the hair on a few Eddies players' backs up. Yeah, so basically they they just listened to that and were like, "We have to win this now. We have to show these people." Yeah, exactly. We then are we- the true North. <laughs> strong and free there you go there you go um let's go to predictions for next week uh first game coming up is jacksonville versus puerto rico what do you think kyle you calling it i am gonna call it a win for puerto rico i thought i thought they looked good in their opener and they'll have their feet under them a bit more and some of the nerves will be out of the way even on the road i think jacksonville with nicola coming in steinberger and if fondy plays and doesn't you know at least, at least they'll have a reason that they don't score, but um, if Fondi plays. But I, th- I think with the reinforcements that they brought in, I expect Jacksonville to win this one. You're wrong. Okay. <laughs> Carolina versus Tampa Bay Rowdies. I, I don't see anything getting better for Carolina sooner rather than later. Uh, I'll go for the Rowdies, just an outright win. Yep. Are you going to comfortable calling an Indy versus Minnesota United result? Yes. I am going to say a draw because it'll disappoint both sets of supporters. <laughs> I'm going to be kind of an asshole uh, to anyone Minnesota United listening to this and say Indy is going to win. Mostly because I'm going to be there and this covers me for any like jinxes or whatever. Uh, but also because Indy's pitch, we have always struggled on that turf. I don't know. 
I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm entirely wrong. I'm going to call it for Indy. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, head versus heart. That's yep. fine. Miami versus New York Cosmos. The Cosmos are still a strong team. Miami's a lot better, but Miami's better coming from not being good. So I'm going to call this one <laughs> as a draw as well. Draw? All right. I'm going to call it for the Cosmos because I just don't see Miami pulling out a result. Um, although they are at home, so who knows? Uh, Ottawa versus Ryo OKC. I like Ottawa. You like Ottawa? I do. I like Ottawa too. But I'm going to go with OKC because I think Ryo is actually a pretty decent team. And this is, again, turf, but... I think they can do it. Turf, TD place, I give it to Fury. All right, cool, man. Uh, FC Edmonton versus the Fort Lauderdale Strikers. Things can't be good right now for the Strikers. I, I think playing at home and the turmoil going on uh, with the with uh, the Strikers front office and their, their wire transfers. Um, I've got an, I know a Nigerian prince that can maybe help them out <laughs> with their current situation. Uh, I'm going to say the Eddies win at home. You know, I, I'm inclined to agree with you on their turmoil, but I think the point is that they have been winning despite it as early late as last week when they pulled out a result against MLS team. So I think I think the strikers are pull this one out. But I can see why you would go with the Eddies and I would not be surprised. I think it's kind of an upset, but I think the Eddies will do it. There you go. Well, Kyle, thanks for joining me, man. Where can the good people find you on Twitter? They can find me at K-R Eliason, which is E-L-I-A-S-O-N. And you can find my stuff... Uh, at 55.1. If I could throw in a bit of a tangential plug, uh, if you are not making the trip to Indianapolis, uh, which you should be, you should go watch the Loons play the 11 and what's going to looks like a fantastic matchup. Minneapolis City, the, the semi-pro team I cover, 55.1. They have three games left in their season. They're fighting for a spot in the semifinals. They have a game on Saturday. Come support local soccer. It's uh, 4 p.m., at South High School's Les Barnard Field in Minneapolis. Yep, fantastic opportunity to go see some local soccer and meet some of your friends. And, and you can still smaller. duck out and get to the United Watch Party for the 6 p.m. kickoff. Yep, yeah. true enough, true enough. Uh, you can find our podcast at TWO United Fans. You can find me at Lockstock Spock. This podcast is also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Podcasts, and one other service that is now slipping my mind. Player Piano Rolls. Exactly, yep. Uh, So thank you so much for joining us again. We will be back next week. Goodbye, everybody. (laughs) 